welcome to this New Day Good podcast designed with you in mind. My name is Teddy Eddie, and my mission is to put a little good in the world. Empowering people, building mindset, and talking about what really matters. Each day is a new life to live and an incredible opportunity to make it good. In the pursuit of living a good life, it's time to get you up and get you on that new day good. Hey, what's up, everybody? Today's podcast I literally was not going to do, but in light of a recent action and article uh, by yours truly, Chick-fil-A, um, I, I feel the need and the urge, and I was told that I needed to speak up and push back. Uh, Chick-fil-A, I put up a billboard that says, eat fewer bats. Okay, it's, it's funny, it's comical, I get it, but let's be serious here. Let's, let's get to the truth, because this could create a very false and, uh, almost illogical, hypocritical, there's a lot of words for it, but the, the article says Chick-fil-A temporarily changes their slogan to eat fewer bats. There's a billboard they put up, eat fewer bats, and they have their cows up there and the cows are painting this up on there. Um, in an effort to help curb the spread of coronavirus, Chick-fil-A has announced that it will temporarily be changing its advertising slogan from eat more chicken to eat fewer bats. Um, now this is just unbelievable. Um, and this is where we're going to tap in from, to my biology roots. I studied pandemics, epidemiology in college, infectious disease, and so on and so forth. Um, looked at everything and grew everything on Petri dishes. You don't even want to know. Um, but the hard truth that we need to come face to face with, we are the virus. Now, you know, bats, reclusive, nocturnal, they're numerous. They're a possible source of the coronavirus. But, you know, if you look at all the scientists, they concur that they're not to blame for the transfer of the disease that's changing our daily lives today. Humans are. Even the zoologists, the disease experts, provide that changes to human behavior, the destruction of natural habitats, coupled with huge number of fast-moving people on earth has enabled these diseases that were once locked away in nature to cross into people and fast. A better way to say it, humankind's activities are causing the disintegration of natural ecosystems at a cataclysmic rate. Added to the disruption of bringing pathogens more into contact with human populations, the increase in technology, human behavior is spreading those pathogens more quickly and widely. The rough outlines of the problem are by ways such as these. Logging, road building, slash and burn agriculture, hunting and eating wild animals in Africa, bushmeat, in America, game. Uh, you hear wet, wet markets in China. Um, more specifically, factory farming in America and all over the world. Clearing forests to create cattle pastures, mineral extraction, urban settlements, suburban development, chemical pollution, nutrient runoff to the oceans, mining the oceans unsustainably for seafood, climate change, international export of goods, those produce 
and productions that require any of the things that I just said, and even other civilized excursions upon any single natural landscape, by all such means, we are tearing the ecosystems apart. Scientists are still unsure where the virus originated, so let's be clear about that. And they will be only able to prove its source if they isolate a live virus in a suspected species. That's a hard task. There's a lot of animals. But viruses that are extremely similar to the one such as COVID-19, we know that they have been seen in Chinese horseshoe bats. But that has led to the urgent question as to how the disease moved from possible bat communities, often untouched by humans, to spread across Earth. And the answer suggests a need for a complete rethink in how we treat the planet. I want to tap in real quick to a story of the Hendra virus. Um, It's a real simple story of how we intervene the natural order of, of life and create more opportunity for the emergence and of these infectious diseases. Hendra comes from um, a place in Australia. If you read the book Spillover, um, it it lays it out clearly, um, the whole process of finding and understanding that infectious disease, that virus as it emerged, um, first in horses and spread it to humans, um, very deadly, kind of a combination of uh, mumps and almost Ebola in the way that it acted on and the consequences it had on the horses and the humans. Um, and what we know is that it was from a bat when the storyline draws out. But the facts are that it spills over to humans by means of this host animal, which is a horse. And it spreads to the horse community and so on and so forth, whether the horse ate something that had excrement on it, it had the bat virus, came into contact some single way, um, whatever. Uh, But the real concept is that, um, you you know, bats have been native to Australia for over 40 million years. Uh, Specifically, the fox bat in Australia has been native to Australia probably about 30 million years, and we can figure that out for sure, but that's some time around that they have been there. Um, Horses are not a native animal to Australia. We brought them over there by boat because that's what we do, and we disrupted the natural order of life in that sense. We brought an animal to a country, to a place, to a habitat, an ecosystem that it never had any place being there in the first place. Um, so what that means is while these bats have been there for 40 million years, 30 million years, um, they've developed and harbored these infectious diseases for that period of time, much longer than the time that we've had horses there and brought horses there to that island um and that's the issue here it's human behavior and that is one simple story to many stories of how these infectious diseases are not only becoming more emergent but we'll explain about how they are spreading more vastly because we're more populated doing that on so many more levels um down to the bat how does it pass from a bat over to a host, over to humans. Well, 
Bats are the only mammal that can fly, allowing them to spread it in large numbers from one community over a wide area. This means they can harbor a large number of pathogens or diseases. Um, flying also requires a tremendous amount of activity for bats, which causes their immune system to become very specialized. When they fly, they have a peak body temperature that is tremendous. It mimics almost a fever that we get in humans, and bats fly at least twice a day when they fly out to feed and they return to roost. And so pathogens have evolved in bats and have evolved to withstand and be resilient to these peaks and fluctuations of body temperature. If you prefer, uh, look at all the science. In the past, infection diseases that pose a potential problem when these diseases come and cross into other species. In humans, for example, a fever is a defense mechanism designed to raise the body's temperature to kill a virus. A virus that has evolved in a bat over years, 40 million to 30 million years, will probably not be affected by higher body temperature, which makes them so deadly and resistant to a lot of our medicines. But why does the disease transfer in the first place, you might think? That seems a lot simpler, and it involves a phrase that we'll have to get used to as it is one that has and will continue to change our lives if we don't do better. That's called zoonotic spillover or transfer. And if you pick up the book Spillover, it is an intense read, but it will help you to understand the real issues here. The underlying causes of zoonotic spillover from bats or from other wild species have almost always, always be shown to be human behavior, just like us bringing horses to Australia. So do not be fooled. Human activities are causing this. And unless you walk around everywhere and you live completely off the grid, then maybe, just maybe, you can get to polish your halo. But if not, we're all in this together, period. There is not a single one or thing to blame but our emergent behaviors. This is an emergent disease so much as so as it's in the emergent behavior of the human superspecies. Now let's talk about how these bats transfer the disease. It's not really so much as eating a bat directly as much more as it can come from the spillover involving a host animal and our contact with that host animal as well. When a bat is stressed by being hunted or having its habitat changed by deforestation, its immune system is challenged to find it harder to cope with these pathogens it otherwise took in stride. In this instant, the stress in the bats would be very much as it would be on people. It would allow infections to increase and be excreted. Just like when we get sick, or for another example, you can think of if you have someone is stressed and they have a cold sore virus, they will get a cold sore. That is the virus being expressed. This can happen in bats too. In this likely epicenter of the virus, what we so-called the wet markets of Wuhan, China, where wild animals are held captive together and sold as delicacies or pets or as medicine, a terrifying mix of viruses and species can occur. 
we're bringing more various animals and viruses into one localized place and handling them on unprecedented levels. If they're being shipped or held in these markets in close proximity to other animals or humans, then there is a chance those viruses are being shed in large numbers. Just like the horse was a localized small incident, this is an unbelievable incident. Other animals in the market like that are also more vulnerable to infection as they too are stressed and that sets up a whole load of more opportunity for these viruses to emerge and spread. Now, I don't want you to excuse yourself because you don't live in Wuhan, China or are involved directly with the process of these markets, but you have to strongly consider the consequences of even factory farmed animals as well. The consolidation and overcrowding of animals, the antibiotic resistance we're building and is indeed happening, you name it on a large scale, this is happening with any animal product you consume or handle. It's just that easy. Added to it all, we are increasing transportation of animals for medicine, for pets, for food, at a scale we have never done before. Again, you think of the Hendra virus and the moving of horses. Even further, we are destroying habitats and turning them into landscapes that are more human-dominated. Animals are mixing in weird ways that have never happened before. So, for example, in a wet market, you're going to have a load of animals in cages on top of each other. This, along with our ability to move around the globe, not only ourselves, but so many goods and services, takes one factor of a rare instance of zoonotic spillover, and it can turn into this global problem in weeks. Spillover from wild animals have occurred historically, but to cross on a level of a massive human and global spread, the person who would have been affected would have probably died or recovered before coming into contact with a large number of people in a town or in a city. These days, with all of our transportation, with our planes, and with our mixed communities, you can be in a forest in Central Africa one day or in a city like Central London the next. So it doesn't just have to happen in a wet market. There is so many of us, and we are so well connected. Any spillover you might have had is or has been is magnified by this simple fact it's appropriate to find the cause but there is no pointing fingers in this it can just take one instance of the perfect alignment of contact from our behaviors ourselves now there are two simple lessons that humanity can learn and must learn fast first bats are not to blame but might actually help provide a solution. It's easy to point fingers at the host species, but actually, it's the way we interact with the planet and animals that has led to pandemic spread of the pathogen. These things exist. We're just exposing them. As much as we don't understand about animals and bats' immune systems, they may provide important clues. Understanding how bats and wild animals cope with pathogens can teach us how to deal with them if they spill over to people. It taught us a lot in the case of Hendra. Ultimately, diseases like coronavirus could be here to stay 
And that's a stain on human history, just like Ebola, HIV, and AIDS, and so forth. And as humanity grows and spreads into places where it's previously had no business of being, this will make an understanding that changing human behavior is an easier fix than developing a vastly expensive vaccine for a new virus. Not to mention the incredible suffering, the economic damage, and the lives lost through all of it. The coronavirus is perhaps humanity's first clear, indisputable sign that environmental damage can kill humans fast too. And it can also happen again for the same reasons. There are tens of thousands of viruses waiting to be discovered. The most cost-effective way to protect humans is by continuing to understand where the critical control points are for zoonotic spillover from wildlife than to stop it from happening at those places. Most all of them are our faults. Not to say they wouldn't happen, but we really are exaggerating the fragile processes and the natural order of life. Viruses are on the rise more because there are so many of us and we are so connected. The chance for more spillover into humans happening is higher because we are degrading landscapes. Destroying habitats is the cause. So restoring habitats is a solution. Not eat fewer bats, Chick-fil-A. A serious delusion, marketing conception that is disrespectful and hypocritical to the practices they partake in themselves. Chicken is not the cleanest food, and if you really want to look into what chicken fast food is, watch Super Size Me Too, and that's all we'll say on that. The ultimate lesson in this, that damage to our planet can also damage people more quickly and severely than the generational gradual shifts of climate change. And that's nothing to be okay with. It's not okay to transform a forest into agriculture without understanding the impacts that it has on climate. It's not okay for us to invade or slash and burn these habitats for resources or use without understanding the impact on garbage storage. Even more, the impact we have on disease emergence and flood risk. It is insane and requires a loud voice of awareness and call for action for humanity to become more compassionate ourselves. You can't do these things in isolation without thinking about what that does to humans. If we don't stop, then COVID-19 has proven that nature will stop us. We are working against it, and there are incredible changes that need to be made. But we might think, okay, you know, like, Starting your car, you know, you go out and you start your car as an individual. And what, what is that going to do if you don't do it just for a day? And But then you just start to realize as a super species, just in America alone, 350 million people are potentially starting their car as well. And you got to say, hey, there's something wrong here. You know, we love our things, but nature very well will take those things away from us. If we don't slow it down. Reconstruction after this pandemic is going to involve all of you. 
it's grim times right now, but I believe we are in a giant transformative era. And the rhetoric through all of this has to not point a finger at somebody, but maybe realize, as I always like to say, if you do want to point a finger, there's three fingers always pointing back. We cannot wait for government agencies to do this or take or give what we need to do and give ourselves. You need to reconsider what you eat, what you buy, and how your hand is in everything from minerals to agriculture to the new phone you have to buy every single year. We humans are the world's virus. As beautiful and as magnificent as some of the things we may build and do are, the repercussions, the imbalance, the disruption, the pushback will always be greater. We are disrupting the natural order of the world. We have not been infected by an invasive species. We are the ones who invaded the species. Now, I don't want to leave you hopeless with nothing to do or think about or actions to take out of this because there is a significant amount that you can consider. And we should really not worry, but more turn this into an opportunity for vast consideration of our behaviors. That is what is productive in this. What you can do is take considerable actions like stop eating animals, stop transporting animals, caging them, crowding them for food and for energy resources. You know, take care of your phone. Do you really need a new phone every year to be cool and to fit in? Or is the one you have just not taken care enough? The minerals we need and use are not talked about enough for these phones. Our new phone craze is turning into the blood diamond of this generation. Another thing you can do is live where you are, work where you are. I get it. Big business travels big. But we see with the last move... And with this coronavirus, technology can allow us to travel less and use more screen time. That's huge. It's called get over it and change the way to reduce your movement. Do you really need to travel to Mexico for a 15-30 minute meeting? Or are you just being inconsiderate? Stop eating fish. It's that simple. It's not even healthy. And when we overfish and outfish the sea, when the ocean dies, everything dies. Go more electric with your vehicle and transportation. If you can walk, ride, jog, or share transportation as much as possible, consider if you need the car to be cool or, or what it is or because it's reliable or it's useful towards what you're doing. And also, can it be more efficient if you need it? We have to do this almost immediately, as best as we can, as much as not everyone likes it, it's got to happen. It's a game changer for the resources we are dependent on and even fight over. Shop locally. Live simply. Activities involving eating more seasonable to what's grown in your area. You know, watermelons are not really a winter thing. And stimulating the economy locally with more small businesses and local food and farms are good choices. Yes, we know we can buy more made in America. This could bring a strong potential back to the American-made attitude. 
and also create jobs. So you see, there are small things that we can do as individuals that will drive big behaviors. Government rules, laws, and regulations and policies will take ages to do these things. And when they do them for us, you're not going to like the change in control they take. We know this. So do it yourself now. And inevitably, the boundaries we push will always push back. But you, you can do all these today and tomorrow and the next day. And you get better and better and beyond. And that's huge. And that's change. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, please, please subscribe and follow me at Teddy Eddie on Instagram or New Day G or the influential underscore on Instagram as well. I'll be introducing this and more, empowering you to live a good life where you are and what you got going on, bringing up everyone around you as well. And we'll be releasing a segment called The Influential. We'll be bringing on guests who are leading other people and taking on matters of life and telling their stories towards how they got up and got on and put a little good in the world. And, well, because we're all going through something, we're all in this together. Join me next time and get in on that new day good.